You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Chow. <laughs> Wrong Marvel property. Oops. <laughs> oh, man. Just what the Marvel Cinematic Universe was missing. Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow, Loki. I love your energy. Wow. Look at you go, Loki. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I haven't I'm almost all caught up, but the sixth episode dropped tonight, so I'm gonna watch the mm. fifth and the sixth one right back to back. Mm. It's gonna be fun. That'll be fun. And then we we need to talk about Loki too. Oh, we sure will. Need to. A little mischievous scamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to describe him. Silly Loki. <laughs> Deadly villain. Just a little scamp. A little scamp. Isn't it always so interesting how popular villain characters can be? Like they do all these terrible things, but oh, he's so good looking. He's hot. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he just murdered that guy. But look at his hair. Looks great. <laughs> <laughs> he's like two steps away from looking like a member of my chemical romance he's got the black hair like kind of slicked back just always looks wet for some reason yeah his hair always does look wet it does it does well actually he kind of looks more like was it afi Ooh, can't you Dave, see him davy havoc yeah there you go can't you see him playing davy havoc in a biopic that'd be cool that was it tom hiddleston <laughs> he, he was in the running to play like Bond at one point or was being rumored to. And I just, there, there's a podcast I listen to. It's called Smirsh Pod that brought up the fact that just if he gets Bond, just don't have him do like any like impressions of anybody, like any kind of like voices undercover. Because he apparently does a awful, 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 um, what's his name? Uh, not, not, not Tom Cruise, uh, Robert De Niro impression. Ooh. Like, look it up. It's it is bad. Oh, it is right. Bad. So, shout out to Smirchpod for <laughs> talking about that. Well, anyway, I know we're already off track. <laughs> <laughs> Our specialty on G for D, aka grounds for discussion. It's Adam and John back again. Our wonderful friends. I, I, I was about to do the Marvel fanfare there, but I, I can't remember what it is. It's like, it's like a there you go love it love it love it what an introduction that's right folks we are talking about a marvel property but which one well if you read the name of the episode one would deduce uh black widow (laughs) oh man i like i like um i like how you just put it out there nice and plain like well did you read the title of the episode that's what you're listening to what do you think yeah where did you read it on spotify (laughs) itunes Google Music, Stitcher, G4Dpodcast.com. Where where did you read it? You can read it any of those places if you want, and you can subscribe. Yeah, that's right, John. Reel them in. Reel them in. Reel them in. Reel them in to the base. Ah, there you go, buddy. There you go. <laughs> at, at, at some point, I am expecting a... Oh, 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 oh. What's this? What's Ooh, this? What's he's this? Got, he's got it. What he's he got, got it. He's got it. And what does it say? 
It's our website, g4dpodcast.com. Dot com. It's dot com. <laughs> Usually that's that's what you do. And I felt like, oh, you know, I've been fishing for all these other things. Yeah. Why not fish up and catch our fish, fish up and catch? That's not even a phrase. Fish up and catch. Like, what? what is that? <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I caught our website, our lovely, lovely website. Our lovely purple website. Purple? I thought it was pink. It's like purple pinkish. Okay, purple Something pinkish. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks good on us. It does, it does. Might be a, a photo change. Mm. Might, might we should probably work on some new photos of us because boy we have changed since those photos <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're a little bit older now yep you know that mustache is gone i got i got more gray hairs no you don't Stop I, oh i definitely do i mean maybe you can't really see them right now but i definitely do on the side of my head and mm. definitely in, in the top it's sprinkling like it's just you know it's coming in a little bit mm, here or there salt and pepper <laughs> Push it real good. You have to do it every time, right? You have to, yeah. It's a rule. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So before we begin our review of Black Widow, we have to warn the folks at home that there are going to be spoilers we're gonna spoil the whole movie so if you can't guess what happens in this movie uh (laughs) don't listen (laughs) if you've never seen a marvel movie before like what do you think is gonna happen in this so i don't know if you know this folks if you don't want spoilers (laughs) watch the movie first (laughs) crazy idea right right (laughs) oh man We we should probably start off with the biggest spoiler uh Black Widow's dead. <laughs> they made a movie about a dead person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, album. <laughs> album. Alvin? Alvin? Adam. <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs> Adam, this movie takes place in the far-off year of 2016. Wait, what? It was supposed to come out in 2016? No, that's when the movie takes place in 2016. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like, what in the, in the Marvel sequence of movies, it's like during Civil War, right? It's like wedged in between. Yes, around that time, because that's a Sokovia <laughs> Accord. That's right. And all, uh, I think like Captain America, Ant-Man, all of them are like locked up in that yes, prison place. Mm-hmm. So Except, this is kinda... uh, Captain America. That's right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so Black Widow escapes and goes into hiding. And this is where the movie starts. Exactly. Exactly. It's a long-deserved standalone film for the character who prior to this movie had been in six other films that is correct and also died <laughs> <laughs> yeah in uh, avengers endgame where everything got the, the giant payoff if you will um of marvel movies endgame endgame with thanos versus the avengers yeah and there's a scene where black widow dies because she has to get the soul stone for hawkeye 
I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> Who we'll be talking about a little bit more later on. Oh. And our spoiler-filled review. But yeah, so, and this movie too was also supposed to come out almost two, three years ago also. That's very, very true. I, I believe this was like, it was Endgame and then Black Widow was supposed to come next. I think you're right. And then the pandemic happened, so it went from like... November 2019 to May 2020, and then mm. I think eventually November again, and now it's finally out in 2021. Finally. finally, finally, Black Widow is getting her time. Scarlett Johansson, who's been with the series almost practically from the beginning, appearing first in Iron Man 2. Yep. Although she had that long curly hair then. Changed it up. Yeah, I feel like her hair changes in every single movie. Good for her. <laughs> i like how you didn't have anything else to say other than she like, sure oh, does yeah, yeah 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 that's right that, that, that's accurate that's right so the story as it were is like adam said it takes place pretty much during civil war era of this storyline so we're talking before infinity war and end game and pretty much black widow is on the run trying to evade capture from general ross aka thunderbolt aka william hurt aka yes william hurt who has probably one of like probably the best jobs in this movie because he probably was there for a total of one day (laughs) (laughs) not even yeah right walks on set where's black widow we found black widow okay you can go home yeah Oh, um, yeah, actually, William, uh, we're going to need you to just walk down this hallway really quick. Can, can, can you do that? Yes. Done. Give me oh, my perfect. paycheck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's I feel like some of these actors have to love knowing that, like, all I have to do is just talk on the phone. That's that's it. I don't I don't I don't have to do anything other than that. Easy money. S- sold. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's. And then what ends up kind of starting out as kind of a connection to those earlier movies ends up becoming her own story where we get a little bit of the background of Black Widow, seeing an origin involving both her mom and dad, quote unquote, unquote. and sister, quote unquote, and how they were just normal Americans in suburbia, uh, Georgia, or as this movie says, Ohio. Ohio, right. <laughs> it's like, I, I, like, I get why a lot of films are done in Georgia, you know, for tax reasons, all that good stuff. It's why a lot of movies back in the day were all done in um, New Orleans. Um, but it's like, you can't even like convince me now. Like anytime you see it, it's like, yeah, there, there, there's, there's no suspension of any disbelief for me anymore. It's like, yep, that that's Georgia. Just like, the just like everyone's Russian accents, right? You just got to turn that off. Cause they're all secretly Russian spies. <gasps> oh. No way. Yes way. And that's or what ends yes up happening. Way. We find out that they are actually Russians. Yeah. And pretty much the dad is like, Hey, I know you. I've been raising you as my daughters while being a fake American, but bye bye. <laughs> yeah, he like sells them off basically to Ray Winstone, who goes from being Russian to British. At <laughs> 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 several points in this movie, how does he do it? <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of doing the Russian accent, comrade. Yeah, I will turn you into secret agent. 
All right, governor. And also, David Harbour has superpowers because he's the Russian equivalent of Captain America. Yeah. Yep. Which, which was weird because, like, you know, from all, like, the previous movies, when you're putting together, you know, her history, you're thinking, okay, so, you know, she doesn't have powers per se. She's just really good at fighting. But then when you're watching the movie, you're like, oh, wait, is this her real dad? Like, he has superpowers? Like, that's why she, like, doesn't get scratched or, or like, you know, or doesn't get hurt when she does her stunts or whatever. But nope, it's they're all adopted. Everyone is not related. And yep, it was all a fake family, kind of similar yeah. to the Americans. Mm. So and that's not the only influence or reference, I should say, in this film. Uh, this is very much, I think, the Marvel movie equivalent of a James Bond movie. Yeah, it's definitely it's over the top. The main action star doesn't get hurt <laughs> by any actions. <laughs> yeah, and there's even a Moonraker reference at one point. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, Moonraker for me, anyway. Um, I know there are people who love it. It's, it's not, for me personally, one of my favorite James Bond films. But I still appreciate the reference there of her watching it and reciting several lines as she was uh watching the movie yeah that was pretty funny yeah that was a nice little little nod there and i think the there are references to james bond throughout very subtle ones but i think overall i think there was a concerted effort to make this the hey you know we know that natasha's aka black widow is technically a super spy or spy adjacent character i should say yeah so let's take that influence from other movies such as james bond yeah and you know the kind of the plot revolves around you know trying to find you know where she came from and tracking the guy who you know turned her into what she is and she eventually meets up with her adopted sister florence Pugh. yes playing right? yelena uh yeah yelena yeah who probably has the best russian accent yes yeah, she's, of everybody. she's definitely committed to it and probably practiced it in front of a mirror a couple times, <laughs> if I had to guess. Well, she also has kind of like a deeper voice, so it just comes off a little bit more natural, I think. Yeah, and they kind of, you know, I think my biggest gripe with the movie is like, you know, all these Marvel movies serve a purpose, you know, and it's just like, okay, this movie was supposed to come out almost three years ago, so mm. how does it connect to everything? And the character's already been dead for a while, so it's just like you already have... Like, I don't, I didn't feel much, like, emotion towards Scarlett Johansson, I feel like, because I already know what's going to happen to her. Yes. And it's not like, you know, what she does is going to make a huge difference. And also, she's not very vulnerable in the movie. Like, you know, every time she gets punched, she just gets up again. And, you know, she can be in a car accident and survive. And, you know, it, it just, you know, at least with James Bond... Like, you know, when someone punches James Bond, he feels it, you know, and it kind of knocks him out for a second. But, like, literally, it's just like, whew. There was one part that you actually laughed out loud at. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay, so <laughs> this also, going back to James Bond, the main villain, they can't find the Red Room where they do the training of the Black Widows because it's in the sky, which felt very James Bond to me. Yes. Like this weird lab in the sky. And then there's a part where she finds the guy eventually, and she's like, well, first of all, there's a scene beforehand where her mom goes, oh, wait, no, they don't even show that. What, what is it? She's like, oh, you have to break your nose or like whatever. Yeah. There's I mean, like I think, a, I think you're kind of jumping ahead here, but I get what you're saying. Yes. There, like some of the things can be very, very arbitrary in this movie because it wants to be, this movie wants to be both 
a spy movie with family, which is why we were kind of referencing all the things prior. Family. And it also wants to be a James Bond movie, but it also needs to be a Marvel movie that connects right. to the larger picture. But anyway, so the main plot is she can't attack... What's his name again? She can't attack Ray Winston. Ray Winston, that's right. Because he's wearing like perfume or something that like negates people from attacking him or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And so they go to a flashback where her mom's like, oh, just break your nose if something happens. And she goes, okay. So she smacks her head on the table so she can't smell, which means she can attack the guy. And then in one false move of her hand swiping down her nose, she goes, fixes her nose, and all the blood that's dripping down is magically gone. (laughs) And it was absolutely hilarious. And I felt like, okay, this seems like a very James Bond-ish moment. Like, ah, Mr. Bond, you cannot attack me because... I am wearing perfume. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You are impervious to me. And it was just like, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. But also I'm, like, why couldn't Black Widow just like go to a corner and like throw a pot at him or something? Like she was like, I'm going to punch you. And he's like, you can't punch me. So it was like, okay, I'm just going to throw this table at you then. Like how was my body going to know it's going to hit you? It doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't really think about that one very much. I had a feeling you'd been wanting to talk about this for a while. <laughs> it was just funny. It's like, I can't punch you. Uh. Because I know you well enough now, like when we're watching a movie in a movie theater or watching it at home or wherever. And if you laugh at something, there's like a certain bit of you that's just like, oh, come on, give me a break. Yeah. There's also another scene where they're, you know, they're driving a car. It's like a Ford Fiesta or something crazy like that. And they do like a backflip. It lands on the top, and they walk off like nothing happened. And, like, look, I know she's strong, you know, Mm -hmm. but, like, she doesn't have superpowers. So, like, how? (laughs) It's like, why why does this hurt her more than this does? It just doesn't, like, they didn't really think that through very much. No, I, I, I get it. And I think you're really touching upon something that, you can point to in other Marvel movies as well. Because in some ways, I think this, at least in the beginning, really is moving away from what we normally see in a Marvel movie. In fact, I think the beginning is a bit intense with the daughters when the dad gives him up to the lead Russian guy who's in charge of the Red Room, Ray Winstone's character. Yeah. That was pretty intense. Although it was a bit undercut, by a cover of a Nirvana song. Oh, God, that was awful. Yeah, they did, like, a slowed-down version of Smells Like Teen Spirit, and it was not good. Yeah, I mean... It took me out of it, honestly. It it, it did a bit. I'm sorry to say it. I Nothing against the artists that did it. For me, it didn't necessarily work in the context of what they were doing. I would have been totally fine with either an instrumental or really anything else for me to really continue to be absorbed by a story because I think you do a cover. It's got to be a well-placed cover. And I don't think in a very intense and really kind of upsetting moment in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. They kind of show like limited scenes of behind the scenes of their training. Yeah. And smells like teen spirits about teenage rebellion and these girls can't rebel because they are being controlled. So it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's contrasting. It's not good. No, no, no. It's it's like you said, it undercuts it. 
and considering how upsetting that scene is, mm-hmm. it it what what should be very impactful ends up kind of just not selling it. Yeah, and it, it it's interesting too because you know a lot of what Marvel's doing now, a lot of this is like character study, you know, because they realized kind of like okay, we need to do something new. We can really explore these characters now that this big threat is gone. So that's why I think, you know, like the WandaVisions and the Lokis and the Falcon and Winter Soldier are doing so well just because they can actually, like, they don't have to beat everyone up every five minutes, you know? They can just kind of focus on the character-driven parts. And that's probably the best part of this movie is when they focus on it and you can see their characters shine and understand their motivations, you know, rather than just random fights here and there. But, you know, it's Marvel, so it's got to end... That big Marvel thing, you know. Exactly. I mean, Marvel has earned enough leeway at this point, considering how many movies have come out. And obviously now TV shows with Loki currently wrapping up as of this recording. It's it's one of those things where you're right. They know that, okay, we can do a few different things, but we can't do too much. This has still got to be action-packed. It's still got to be a crowd-pleaser. Yeah. there's, And we still need to have that big... CG filled finale. There's still a there's still a checklist that's still there and still hindering these movies from you know reaching the heights that they could and should reach. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, it in some ways it moves away from the the quote unquote Marvel formula, and in other ways it doesn't. It is thankfully a simpler story compared to I think more recent Marvel movies, and I use that like simpler in the context of being a marvel movie this isn't a oh the world is going to end type of story this isn't a you know galactic threat this isn't a you know oh we need to use magic or anything like that to defeat the enemy yeah this is very much it's it's not that it's grounded it obviously doesn't, it doesn't even feel like it's happening in the time period it's supposed to happen because like it's so separate from you know the civil war thing and like it wasn't like you know, in Civil War, she came back and said, or it's like, oh, Black Widow, where were you? Oh, you know, here and there. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and it's like all of this was supposed to happen like during Civil War. I don't know. It's the timeline of it is just like, it's like, why? Like, why couldn't this happen like earlier or like, you know, maybe after Civil War ended, she goes home to find herself because she's still confused. Because even in Endgame, she was like, you know, she really didn't have a purpose. Mm. And she never felt like she had a purpose, which is one of the reasons why she killed herself, I think. I, I Or sacri- I, sacri- excuse me, sacrificed herself. Yes. So yeah, like, you know, I get you. so kind of like after, you know, Civil War, she goes home to find her family, mm-hmm. find out where, more where she came from. And then mm-hmm. the movie takes place and all this stuff happens. I think chronologically that would make more sense than like, oh, going to go vacation at home for a little bit and hiding. He, 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 you know, yeah. kind of like, um. You know, like in WandaVision, when she went back home and tried to figure out where she came from and, you know, try to recreate her life and all that. Yeah. 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 This almost feels like a phase one movie. Like it's a movie that could have potentially come out during like either Iron Man 2 or Iron or actually Iron Man 1, rather, I should say, era. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's been long overdue, like we said. And I think that to your point, this movie really reiterated that there should have been a Black Widow much sooner. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I also think, too, that for, for me, for for me anyway, I would have loved 
a full trilogy with her because what we end up seeing here could really branch out into something much bigger. But now knowing what we know mm-hmm. and what eventually happens to her character, it it just kind of feels like, well, you know, you didn't give her the chance to have her own fair shake. Right. And I don't... I know there's some people that might say, well, oh, it's this person behind the scenes. It's this person. I'm not going to do it. I also understand that she was in other movies while these things were going on, too. So you could also say, like, well, you know, she was busy filming Infinity War or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Fine. I, I just think that Black Widow is a great character. And I think that there are definitely moments there that show why she is. I think Scarlett Johansson was really into this. And she knew, like, okay, this is my last hurrahs this character she's pretty much said as much and who can blame her this is her seventh movie she's definitely made a lot of money mm-hmm. she has a baby on the way congrats and i'm sure she's like well now i can kind of do what i want and i've gone out on a high note with this character and i feel like she's an executive producer on this movie too as well and i feel like for her she knows like okay this needs to be a, a chance for me to really show why this character is special and why I was deserving of its own solo movie, mm-hmm. uh, why the character was deserving of its own solo movie. Yeah, I... Yeah, it was definitely something that should have happened a lot sooner than uh, than Captain Marvel, at least. Yeah, it and, and it's just like one of those things where I don't, I, I don't want to point the finger at anybody, and I'm glad that we ultimately got it, but... Black Widow is one of those kind of characters that deserves a standalone story and then some. Like, there's just no question about it for me. Mm-hmm. And considering how instrumental she was in everything, and it just never seemed like, okay, that's a priority, which is a shame. Now, there are two major complaints, and this is a key, key, key couple of topics that I wanted to talk to you about. So there's been two common complaints about this movie that people have had, all right? The first one being that even though we talked about Scarlett Johansson here and her role, there are some people that feel that she's more of a secondary character in this and that Florence Pugh is really the lead character. So that kind of brings me to my point of like, what's the purpose of this movie? You know, it's coming out so late in the game of, you know, there's already three finished TV shows that Marvel's produced that have some kind of general direction of where they're going with, you know, multiverse and maybe another big threat, you know, who who knows, but definitely multiverse, right? So this movie doesn't really add anything to, like, the cinematic universe besides Florence Pugh, which is, yeah. I think, why she's such a prevalent character, because, spoilers, at the end of the movie, in the credits, there's a scene with Julia Louise Dreyfus from Captain Falcon and Winter uh, Falcon Soldier. and Winter Soldier, yeah. Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. that's right. Um Sorry. Um, yeah, and I haven't seen it yet, but I guess that's a the big deal. And, you know, Florence P was by Scarlett Johansson's grave in the middle of Narnia or something. I don't know where. <laughs> but, yeah, and then she's like, ooh, you want to see the person that really killed her? And she points a picture at Hawkeye. And it's just like, what? Yeah, so she's going to be in the upcoming Hawkeye series that's going to mm. come out on Disney+. Plus, Right. Um, but they'll these- also have Kate Bishop. Um Mm. As as um, I'm, I'm trying to wonder her alias is. I think she also, she's also Hawkeye. Little like Hawkeye. Can, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a little Hawkeye. Little I don't Hawkeye. think it is. <laughs> but yeah, so it 
you know, as connecting these movies, it, it, it kind of seemed like that last scene, like the end credit scene was filmed like after because had it come out when it was supposed to, it probably would have been like teasing WandaVision or, you know, Maybe. teasing something like that. But like, because, okay, the Falcon Winter Soldier wasn't out yet. And if, you know, if you saw Julia Louise Dreyfus, it's like, what, who's this person? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you saw the show and you were like, oh, wow, it's her from the show. And I'm like, I don't know who that is yet. Yeah. You know, so obviously they filmed that separate to bring her into, you know, the scene of things. Yeah, I think that's fair. And to elaborate on your point, I think in, this is pretty typical for Marvel movies. Like all the properties are doing it. It's not just that you're going to get a entertaining movie. It's a movie that's setting up the next piece of the puzzle. Right. And, you know, WandaVision did that recently. So did Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I haven't watched the rest of Loki yet, but I'm sure that will too as well. And whatever other Marvel movie that's coming out very soon too, Shang-Chi will do the same thing. I guarantee it. Second Eternals. Do- yeah. yeah. The, um, you know, the second Doctor Strange will too as well. And, you know, by now, if you're complaining about it, well, you're you're watching the wrong series of movies. I mean, that's what it's all about. In typical, like, serialized fashion, in typical comic book fashion, these stories continue and they grow and they evolve and new characters get introduced. And that's what a huge component of Black Widow is, is introducing us to Yelena so that we can get excited for her to eventually appear in this Hawkeye series. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for her. Yeah. I, I think and, and she was great. Awesome. And yeah. she's, I think she handled her role very well. And she had I a like lot her. of genuinely funny lines and yeah, I mean it, it worked and I'm excited to see more of her. And I think that ultimately for me, it's, do we, do we have spies listening in? I don't know. I hear, I feel like I hear something though. I, I do too. Is it, is it maybe somebody outside the door? Did, did the black widows find us? I guess so. Well, no, they're all deactivated now. So. <laughs> well, uh, I have well, thousands of nukes along the country. Ho, ho, ho. But you have to change to a British accent at the end or an oh, American yes. one. Let me just grab my iPad here and just type in kill every. Oh, nope. iPad broken. Windows done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I think there's a fair argument there about Pew getting a lot of coverage in the movie at the same time you, you, I, I mean it was on purpose you got to make the audience like her because she's yeah. not going anywhere and they need like a you know they need it's kind of like in transformers right you need the human you need a human character that can feel pain and can like experience these things so you have someone to relate to you know yeah like no one's gonna relate to captain america because every time he gets a car thrown at him he's fine you know <laughs> but like scarlett johansson you know she's human she doesn't really have powers you know you yeah. need like that kind of middle ground of of someone so they can handle their own little things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a fair complaint, but I don't think it's one that ruined the movie for me, nor did I feel like, Oh, there wasn't enough black widow in it. There, there's still plenty. No, in she's it. in, she's pretty much in every scene. Yeah, exactly. It would it have been nice to like, not have to do the like family whole thing, you know, that just seems to be kind of the current trend in movies right now. Maybe. But at the same time, that's one of the elements that I thought really worked in this. I, I thought David Harbour, you know, regardless of accent, was great. Yeah, he was Rachel good. Wise is always great, always a pleasure to see. And, like, the four of them and their fam- family dynamic works very well. And I thought, like, okay, 
you know, this gives us the emotional core that is needed in this movie that Marvel typically does very well in their movies and shows and and in the sense that they get you like invested Mm -hmm. in these characters. Um, However, there's one character that a lot of people are extremely disappointed with. And this is the other complaint that I wanted to bring up. And that's the character of Taskmaster. So how familiar are you with Taskmaster outside of the movie? Well, I believe Taskmaster is a person who basically like studies all of the Avengers and like knows all their moves and can learn like his his superpower is being smart and like analyzing combat so he can like fight like if he's fighting the Hulk he'll like watch the patterns of his whole of the Hulk and like learn all his moves and stuff exactly. and that's how he kind of beats people. Yeah. So in this movie it turns out that Taskmaster is actually the daughter who Black Widow was convinced that she had killed the daughter of Ray Winstone's character. In a previous mission, right? She previous was, mission. She was like, mm-hmm. she, she was instructed to kill the daughter. Exactly. And so there's this huge explosion and she set up and she assumed that the, the girl died, but yeah. she didn't. And now she's Taskmaster. Yeah. And what they do with the character is that, yeah, the, the core, like, judge you know um not judging <laughs> she's a villain who judges people <laughs> like Ooh, really. nine out of ten on that uh, backflip thing <laughs> yeah right that job. might actually be a great villain like they don't have to fight you they just look <laughs> they at just your, rate you <laughs> yeah you know like really captain america you left the house looking like that Ugh, four out of ten yeah 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 you you need to polish up that shield all right Take care of that. Dirty and then we'll shield. Talk. Two out of ten. <laughs> and um, Taskmaster in this is basically silent, like almost like a Terminator type assassin. Which makes sense. Which Taskmaster really isn't. And in the comic books or, you know, Taskmaster was also in the Spider-Man video game that was on the PS4. Mm. So a lot of people were feeling like, well, you basically just nuked that character. See, I disagree because, okay, where is Taskmaster going to fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like, nobody cares. I'm sorry, but like, ooh, I wonder if Taskmaster is going to, if Keanu Reeves is going to be Taskmaster in this. Ooh, Taskmaster. Ooh, like, yeah. come on. Like, no yeah. one cares. It's a side villain. We're lucky we even got some inclusion of her in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it makes sense that she that the character is motivated to kill Scarlett Johansson because she, you know, messed up her life and stuff. But I think the real problem, though, is, you know, the dad is still controlling her. Mm-hmm. It's not her free will. Like, she doesn't want to attack Scarlett Johansson, but she is because she's a ro- in a robot suit. Yeah. You know, so it kind of defeats all the purpose of her character because, you know, when a- even after she's done with the mind control, she's like, did you stop him? She's like, yep. And she's like, okay, cool. Blech. You know, <laughs> she dies. But like, you know... It- it just takes away from her character that she's being controlled rather than she's being the one to do the vengeance because, you know, Scarlett Johansson blew up her face. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that want to like taskmaster taskmaster can talk a lot of smack. He's definitely a very much like, you know, he berates the superheroes that he fights and he's a, and he's a legitimate threat. So, mm. you know, there's some people that also felt like, Oh, this taskmaster in the movie had trouble fighting um, David Harbour's character and really wasn't that much of a challenge for Black Widow. I mean, her strongest adversary was the door. (laughs) 
can break the door open. A glass door, right? A glass door, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still there with you, I think. Okay. It's kind of like going back to James Bond. It's like it's like Jaws. Yes. You know, like he's going to show up. Hey, it's me, I'm Jaws, I'm going to punch you. Yeah. And then, you know, you stop him in a goofy way. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of what her character was. She's like the side Bond villain. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like if you did provide more of a character for this character... Um, it it would end up making the movie that much longer and there would need to be more invested into the character overall because this is already a two hour and a 15 minute movie about. Yeah. So to like really have a character that has the level of personality that people would have wanted probably would have required more story development there. And I think that probably that was just a necessary sacrifice in the grand scheme of things because it's like, well... Yeah, it'd be nice to have it be pretty accurate to the real Taskmaster in the comic books and wherever else. At the same time, you really don't have the luxury of really devoting that much, you know, um, what's the word? That much, that much development into the character. Yeah, it's you know kind of like what I was saying earlier. Like you know, Scarlett Johansson's human; she doesn't have powers, so she needs to fight someone who's on her level. Yeah. And Taskmaster is perfect because, you know, she can analyze and study the movements of her and then, you know, recreate them. So it just makes sense. It's like, oh, I can't stop this person until she does with the door. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Would I have preferred like one that was closer, like a version of the character that was closer to the to the one in the comic books? Absolutely. Yeah. That said, it was a needed sacrifice, I think, given the context of the movie and everything that happens within it. Yeah. Plus, I also think that, like, you know, Marvel's course-corrected things before in the past, so they could easily have somebody else take over the mantle of Taskmaster Yeah. and have one that's kind of a closer version to what people know in the comic books. Yeah. I, d- I don't think it's an abomination. No. I think it's a valid complaint, but I don't think it's one that's enough to ruin the experience for me. I, I think it's only bad because they didn't give time for the character to develop, even like in a flashback, you know? And I was kind of saying earlier, like, she doesn't have free will. She's not attacking Scarlett Johansson because she burned off her face. She's attacking her because the dad is the iPad, you know? Exactly. That, that's kind- it's almost like, um, um, like X-Men. And Stryker, when he controls his son or whatever in yeah. the wheelchair, it, it was kind of like that. But yeah. like, where like the son clearly like kind of wanted to do it too mm-hmm. at certain points. Like you never fe- like at the end, like when she you know gets deactivated or whatever, she's like, "Oh, you stopped him." It's like, "Yeah, Yay, good." So. Yeah, it's not awful like um, Deadpool in X Men. Well, oh no, it's is it Wolverine, Wolverine X Men Origins? Yeah. That was bad. That was a total butcher of the character. Yes. It's not like that at all. It's just pretty much just it's diluting the character down to like one function and that's being a threat and that's it. Yeah. So valid complaint. But anyway, yeah, um, I know we've had probably a lot of criticisms here, but I think what ends up working about Marvel is that at the end of the day, you still can have a good time. And I think that still remains true here with this movie. And I honestly kind of feel like I enjoyed this quite a bit, flaws and all. It's very much, you know, we talked about it being compared to a James Bond movie. It's very much a James Bond movie in the sense that there are a lot of James Bond movies that are very flawed, but you still enjoy them and Mm -hmm. have a good time with them regardless. And that really fits into this category. I mean, I don't think there's 
I don't think I'm. I I don't have as many problems as I think you do. Like I'm, some of the not necessarily like, problems. It's it's just more like why does this exist? It exists because they want to tell this story, but like the characters are already dead. So like, what's the point of it? Like, in the Marvel grand scheme of things, the whole movie boils down to Florence Pugh becoming the next Black Widow. Yes, you know, and the way that they filmed it and told the story was a side mission, you know. So it just it just the flow the flow I think is kind of the problem for me of like the flow of events like why did this movie have to take place during Civil War why not after you know that kind of like those kinds of questions and I think those are all completely valid this is a little bit stitched together in the sense that like it also needs to be a little bit of an origin story too as well right and that's probably the most interesting part of Black Widow you know is like how did she learn to become this because also too at the beginning she already knows like karate. Yeah. And it's like, wait, but I thought she didn't know anything until she went to the red room to like learn. So like she was learning this whole time and like, I, you know, there's a lot of little inconsistencies like that. Yeah. And I think in, if you really had the time to flesh out the character more and also had the Black Widow movie come out sooner rather than yeah. later, you probably could have developed a lot of those things quite a bit more. But yeah, I mean, I will say this, sometimes the humor in Marvel movies doesn't always work. I feel like the mar- the humor for the most part works in this for me. Yeah, there's there's one little... gag with the helicopter that was just a bit like, okay, that looks a little too cartoony. But, you know, I get what they were going for there. And it's just, it, it while it didn't work, it at least it was just one gag that didn't work for me and not like several or, or more. Sometimes that happens with me with these movies where it's like, all right, the pop culture references are a little too much, you know, like we, we, we get it like, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's a little too much. Um, but overall, I'm glad that Black Widow got her time to shine. And I think it's comes at a good time too, regardless of the, you know, being pushed back because of the pandemic and all that stuff. It's a great time to go back into the theaters to see what is ultimately a fun movie and a fun way to kind of jump back into this universe from a film perspective, um, you know, not counting the TV shows, um, which, which have been great. But still, the I think for me, to elaborate on a point that you had, there is a certain sense of disappointment that I felt towards the end of it. And some of that is, yes, I wish we could have gotten more of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. I wish we could have gotten a whole trilogy of these movies. But it's really the teaser that ultimately kind of bummed me out because you sit through this whole movie and it's kind of a triumphant display of this character and really shows like why Black Widow is an important Marvel character. But then that teaser just kind of left me a little empty at the end. And I get it. You've you've already talked about it already, so I won't elaborate on it more, but it serves a purpose given when this movie comes out and given, you know, Yelena is the next character to follow. But I almost had wished, and I know they wouldn't have done this, I almost had wished they didn't have that teaser at the end. Yeah, which, you know, it makes me think that it was supposed to be something else, but just given the time of the movie, you know, they just kind of refilmed it and put together, you know, and it was kind of their way of saying, okay, you know, the purpose of this movie was to obviously make money and pay off tribute to Black Widow. It's like, well, that ship has sailed because it's coming out so late. So now we can, you know, re-edit it maybe and kind of make Florence Pugh the main star, get people used to her and her character and how kick-ass she is and all that and kind of say, okay, she's going to be the one to continue the story and try to find out 
you know, the truth or whatever. So I think for setting the new Black Widow up, that that was kind of the ultimate goal of this movie. Yeah, and I and I think it but succeeded it in that. But it doesn't mean we didn't have fun along the way. Yes, because we definitely did. I, I definitely was never bored. I felt like it moved at a good pace, which is always nice when you have a, a two-hour-plus movie. And I also felt like, you know, there's still, you know, how many Marvel movies have there been now? And still just goes to show that, yeah, maybe there's familiar elements in all these, but, you know, hey, what's working still does work. And in the sense of Black Widow, it makes a lot of sense to have some of the things that you do in this movie. The big spectacle, the big stunts, the -the over-the-top action. Um, Honestly, the biggest disappointment I had was the movie theater having Pepsi instead of Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I'm ultimately going to give this a positive review because I did enjoy it. And I was thinking like, honestly, this might be higher up on my list of Marvel movies because I feel like I can go back to this one kind of again and again, just like a James Bond movie. Yeah, Yeah, I I would would definitely rate it a a positive as well. It's, you know... It kind of has the the scale of um, the Captain America Winter Soldier one, you know? Yeah. Actually, similar ending, too. They all go in the sky, too, and bring down a giant fort. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oof. Yeah. But that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go with a 7.7. Yeah. I'm going to do like a, I guess, I'm like, I'm like trying to think like, like 10 is like Guardians 2, you know? One is like Iron Man 2. <laughs> Or Thor 2. This is like a, it's like a very close, maybe a low 7. Okay. Yeah, like a low 7 for me, okay. I feel like. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it more. And I guess I was just a bit more game with the sillier. Yeah, stuff, no, I mean, you know? it, it, it's funny and it's goofy, but at a certain point you're just like, that should have killed her. That should have killed her. That should have killed her. Ooh, that definitely would have killed her. Ooh. And, you know, I, it, that stuff doesn't bother me as much as it does no, you. No, it, it, it doesn't. But, you know, it, it was just one of those like, Okay, you're pushing it a little bit. You're pushing your luck a little, little. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, this was a really, really fun discussion, sir. Seven for the movie, uh, two for the Russian accents, <laughs> and a zero for having Pepsi at the movie theater. But Come I on, will, Regal. I will give a 10 out of 10 to the popcorn, though. I miss that immensely. Oh, I did too, man. Mm, mm, I put so much butter in mine. Oh, like, I can like smell it. Oh, I know, right? Can't wait to go back again, honestly. Look yeah. forward to it. Ugh, what, what else is coming out? I don't know. I still haven't seen F9, so oh. I need oh. to do that at some point. Boss Baby 2 is out. <laughs> I can go see that. The movies are back. Boss Baby has returned to theaters. Nature is healing. <laughs> oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, well, uh, comrade, this was a good podcast. Yes, yes, and they can find out more about the podcast at g4dpodcast.com. And wherever you get your uh, podcast episode, you can stream it there too. <laughs> On iTunes and Stitcher and Google Music. <laughs> David Harbour was like, wait, is the count from Sesame Street Russian? Okay, I'll just do that the whole movie. Great. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. One black widow. Uh, uh, uh. Two black widows. Uh, uh, uh. You're right. I didn't even think about that until now. It definitely sounded like that. <laughs> uh, good stuff, man. Well, this has been another episode of G4D, aka Ground for Discussion. discussion. <laughs> and and uh, don't uh, forget, uh. in Soviet Russia, coffee drinks you.
<laughs> caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.